man. Uh, good morning, everybody. This is Jeff and Rob from RobScott.com. Having a little bit of a giggle fest here, um, trying to get it straightened out a little bit. Uh, today, we were just talking a little bit about uh, beliefs and how we're all kind of moving through this world and, you know, with, with different thoughts in our head that are kind of driving the outcomes and driving, you know, how we react and how we're actually living our lives through these beliefs that we have. And Rob is telling me, um, not the funny part, but the real good part was a key, this big key to how you can actually, you know, start managing that and, and changing that a little bit and, and, and going forward in a positive way for yourself. Um, and you'd be really surprised how many of these people out there are, are exactly who has this problem and who's dealing with it on a daily basis. But we started talking about, you know, sweaters because Rob just put one on and he's a little cold up there where you are right now, Rob. You got you got enough blankets? You need a fire? Or I hate, tell us how I you're doing this one. I, I can't stand you right now. That's ridiculous. <laughs> it's, it's so cold here. It's so cold. <laughs> I think we're going to hit the 70s today here, but um, don't worry about that. Uh, yeah, it was pretty cold tough. last night. Yeah, looks tough. So anyway, let's let's go into the name of this. This is what we want to talk about here: is how to change your limiting beliefs. Okay, like the right. you know, the nuts and yes. bolts of it. How to how to do that? And um, I want to start by sharing maybe a couple of stories, and and these aren't even going to be necessarily. Uh, detailed or even good stories, but they're 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 the vague things that so many of us uh, deal with in so many ways. So, you know, one of my clients maybe I should have some maybe I should have some cocoa in my fire going if you're going to be telling fireside stories. There you go. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Give me uh, just a second. Yeah, go go get comfy. Grab grab some tea. You probably like tea <laughs> and uh, I don't know, like a crumpet or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, please share with us. Please share. With All right. Yeah. So. Um, you know, I want to talk about three different clients of mine that have these things. I'm not going to give details because, you know, we're not, we don't do that, but, uh, uh, and, uh, you know, who they are and all that stuff. But one of my clients repeatedly, um, sabotages relationships and business moves. And he can't see it. Okay. So we're going to talk about different kinds of sabotage here. Some we're aware of and some we're not aware of at all. Okay. So, how do we find it if we're not aware of it? That's kind of a big idea, all that stuff. But I want you to imagine a client who gets, uh, you know, uh, imagine yourself maybe getting into a relationship and then finding that, you know, three months in, four months in, five months in, you start to nitpick. You start to maybe act, uh, in this case, superior. Maybe you get really, really critical, etc. You can't see exactly what the problem is, but then you find that in your business, you're you get to a certain success level or in your uh, career, you get to a certain success level and all of a sudden maybe you get um, unruly or difficult to deal with or critical, okay? A lot of us hit this sort of limit of success in relationships, in business, and all this stuff. And what I'm going to share about this guy is that the core narrative that was he was unaware of until we found it was, I don't deserve it, okay? So... Just hold on to that idea for a second, this idea of I don't deserve it. So what would happen if you don't deserve it, right? You get to a certain level, and all of a sudden your psyche, if you have this belief inside of I don't deserve it, well, you start to sabotage it for yourself. I don't deserve any more than this. I might deserve the ability to pick up and meet a woman and date her for a little while, but I don't deserve the white picket fence and the happy family because I haven't earned it yet. Maybe I don't make enough money yet. Whatever the story is, it's based on this idea of I don't deserve it, okay? So 
that's interesting, right? A lot of us have that sort of I don't deserve it feeling. We may not even be aware of it. And in this case, the guy was not aware of it at all. Another story uh, from a different client has a real deep desire, and importantly, because she's here to do really important things, for more fame, more um, access to people, more uh, you know invites to, to sort of speak and be on stage and do all that, and yet had this sense that fame was bad. There was actually messaging from her childhood that famous people don't deserve what they have and you know basically you should your success should be merit filled instead of based on just the fact that you have fame. So what's interesting about this is she was able to see some of this, but it was still messy because there were conflicting uh there were conflicting drives, okay? One was famous people I guess can be kind of ass assholes, right? If you want to take it that way. Um or they may not deserve their fame or um, you know, just because you're famous, it doesn't really mean anything. There's a certain sort of animosity toward uh, famous people. And then there's this deep desire to be more famous, to have more reach, to be more successful in the world. And so that's uh, a misaligned uh, sort of set of rules and desires inside, right? And the third one is a very, very high-level business person that I, I've worked with for a really long time. Somebody that from the outside you would never – and all these people actually are really, really successful. None of them you would guess – uh, have any of these issues, right? If you look at them from the outside, you wouldn't see it at all. This guy, underneath it all, feels somewhat like a fraud, okay? So he's got massive success. He's actually incredibly, uh, he's got some fame. He's got, you know, he's really uh, doing some powerful things. And underneath it all, it seems as though uh, he feels like a fraud. And, and so that limits him hugely into whatever his next step might be. So we've got I don't deserve it. We've got fame is bad, yet I want fame. And we've got I'm a fraud as just examples of some of these internal beliefs that are ultimately limiting beliefs. The first one in this example, he can't see it. The second one, she can see it and she knows something's up. She's like, something's weird about fame. I don't know what's going on here. And the third one, kind of semi-aware of it. Like if we talked about it, yeah, maybe there's some awareness, but not any real uh, you know, clarity for sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so just the three people that you just kind of described. I mean, I can already relate to two of them in a certain way. One of them definitely with the I don't deserve it, um, and and that was kind of the interesting part from from talking before that you'd be surprised just who is dealing with this. And I, I safe to say that we're all dealing with it, um, in in a way or not. But um, that was very interesting to do. And so you keep on saying awareness, and we did a talk on the subconscious and how powerful it was, which is a great talk. You should check that out at robscott.com, a little plug there. Um, fantastic talk about subconscious and how actually powerful it is. And so we're not aware of these things we're doing. Um, why Why is it important to be aware of this stuff? I mean, what, what what's helping us here? What, what What's the deal? Yeah, so I, I love that you brought that up. The next, <laughs> the next thing that is important to talk about is, is why is this important, right? Why does this matter? Yeah. So two things I want to point out here is that our limiting beliefs, and we're going to go deep into what beliefs are and how to change them in this, in this talk. Um, our limits hold us back. Our beliefs that are limiting hold us back. That shouldn't be, you know, unclear to anyone. That's kind of obvious, right? Like if I have a limiting belief about how much money I can make or about how much love I deserve or how much fame I should have or how much whatever, if I have a belief that's going to limit me, that's 
uh, going to hold me back. Hence the definition of limit, right? So that's obvious, but it's really, really important. So I don't want to just take the obvious thing and not mention it. It's really important to break through our limits so that we can grow, so that we can express higher, and that we're not stuck by uh, these limiting ideas. But the next thing that I think is really interesting that I want to kind of call out here is we can't always see our limits. And part of that is because we believe them. And we're going to get into to why that is, right? But the belief in these limits means actually that to us, they're true, okay? So to us, these limits feel like we would actually argue for them in many cases, that they're actually accurate, okay? So it's so sometimes... You yeah, are, you, are you suggesting that's so ingrained in us, that in, our, in our own belief system, that we just can't even begin to scratch the surface to it, to, to, to fix it or anything? Yeah, well, it's, it's one, we would argue for it if we could see it and we started to have a debate about it. Some of these are so ingrained that we would argue their truth, right? We would be like, well, I don't deserve uh, the picket fence in the house. I haven't earned enough money yet. Or whatever the reasons are, we, we have those reasons deeply ingrained. And we've been spending a lifetime looking for and backing up those reasons. So we actually live in this bubble, wow. this, kind of, uh, this kind of situation where... It's just we believe it, right? Um, imagine, imagine we talk about rose-colored glasses, right? We'll make them mm-hmm. contacts instead and make them rose-colored and make you not aware that you have them in, okay? So let's just say, and I mean, we could get into the weirdness of humans and, and what we have access to through our senses, right? We can't sense all visible light. We can't well, hear all auditory sound, right? We're only doing like a 20-minute talk, so we don't want to get too much into weirdness of humans because we'll be here all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But all all I'm saying is... Especially if you're talking about this guy. We're constantly looking through, you know, our limited perception of what is real anyway. But if we add beliefs on top of that, add some rose-colored glasses. If you're looking at the world... Um, through rose-colored glasses, and that, that's a bad metaphor because it implies, you know, good cheeriness and all that. What I'm saying is things that actually turn the world red. You would never know that they might not be red if you could just take these contacts out, right? And so we actually start to believe that the world is the way that we're perceiving it. We believe these things about ourselves. And so what's so interesting about belief is that it feels true to us. Our beliefs to us are true. And so challenging them, changing them, takes challenging our own truth not uh, a belief. So when we talk about beliefs, we kind of we talk about religious beliefs and we talk about things that people know are a choice and maybe they have faith in them or whatever. But the beliefs that I'm talking about are deeper than that and they're perceived in self as a truth. Okay, and and that's why they're so insidious and that's why they they hold us back so badly and that's why they're. Um, yeah, I mean, you're painting a picture that's so bleak right now. I'm, I'm just sitting there going, well, what am I supposed to do? I mean, how? How do you deal with it? I mean, what, what do I do next? What, yeah. So, here. I'm yeah, so the big deal here, the, the only time beliefs change is when the story of what happened or the meaning uh, itself is changed, okay? So we have to dig into what is meaning. We're basically meaning-making cr- creatures, and so a belief is an assuredness of meaning. It's basically walking around and being so sure that what you're – you know, looking at what you're talking about, what your capabilities are, all that, that they're true. You're assured of it, okay? Once you do that, then you believe it. Then, you, then you're sort of in the belief. And so meaning is the whole game. What we're constantly searching for in life is the meaning of things. Meaning gives us our purpose on this planet. It gives us art. It gives us love. It gives us safety and danger, right? It's because of that, it's this shortcut of improving performance because if we can't see how we're making meaning about ourselves in the world, we end up really, really stuck. Okay. So 
in this, I equate it to mindset that we keep talking about, right? Are you, is your mindset set to see things as they actually are? Is it set to see things with a limit? Is it set to see things uh, really positively? And the challenge is you, it's very difficult oftentimes for us to see it ourselves because it's in our blind spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It's, it's, it seems like a very, I mean, all of our talks have been so, so great and so cool, but, but right now we're kind of scratching on something that, you know, our subconscious is driving this thing that we're not really aware of it because it's ingrained into our belief because that's how it's always been a meaning to us. It's always how we've always interpreted it. This is, this is big stuff right here. This, this, this is high impact change to someone's life. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so one of the ways, how can you see if you need to do this, right? Well, like some of the examples I gave before, some of us are semi-aware. Some of us are mm-hmm. totally aware. We're like, you know what? I, I'm very aware. I'm, I'm killing myself. I can't get past this level of income, or I always mess up at month five with every girl I date, or, um, you know, I, I, I have this real fear of starting a business, and so I just never do it. And, you know, if you were to look at your journal, let's say you journaled every year, What's really sad is we're so habitual, we feel, we're under this delusion that it's always kind of a new day, that these new things are happening. But yeah. really get honest, like, did you do your New Year's resolutions last year? Did you do them the year before? Are you actually capable of massive change, you know, and getting to your next level? Or have you made an assumption about who you are and what you're capable of? And so you may be wildly aware of your limits. You might be like, you know what, I, I, I can't do public speaking or I can't, I have money blocks or I don't manage my money or whatever. That's going to tell you right there you've got a limiting belief about them. You've got some mm-hmm. stuck point about it. But some of it is looking away from yourself and your own self-knowledge and looking at your results and saying, well, why, why do I only make this much money? Why, um, you know, am I in this relationship that's unloving? Or why can't I lead people, et cetera? And so you move that away from what you know to starting to challenge what you think is true about yourself. Okay, so let me, let me back up just for a second. We, we talked before about the three steps of doing this, the three big steps, right? So one is becoming aware of your situation, Correct. of your limits, yep. right? Two is challenging them. And that's the one that we're really talking about today. How do you challenge these limits? How do you change a limiting belief once you find it? Okay. And then three mm-hmm. is implanting kind of a new, more powerful uh, relationship with yourself and with an idea so that you implant a new positive identity for yourself, like a truth. Okay. So, so you're, plug- you're plugging in a different definition to get a different outcome. Yeah. Is that safe yeah, to say? So, is that I mean, accurate? Yeah, if you're not aware of it and you've got a limit, it's going to affect you really badly and that's going to, you know, suck to whatever degree it sucks, right? It's going to be it's going to be pretty right, bad. Right. As you become aware of it, step 1, awareness itself is often curative because you've now become aware that something's there and, and affecting you, so that's helpful all by itself. Number 2, we might want to actually affect the belief directly because it may persist, it may be something deep that feels more like a truth. And so now we have to actually get in there and challenge them. We have to like move them, say like, ah, I don't believe you anymore. What should I believe instead? And then when we pick a new one, we want to actually implant that in. And that's what actually changes how we make meaning as humans and how we actually okay. walk through the world. Does that make sense? It does. It does. So right now you're defining like the actual steps of how to change your limiting your limiting beliefs. Yeah. I mean this is these are the one, two, three steps we've talked about a little bit before, but now we're really talking about that challenge, how to challenge exactly what you're thinking about everything that you're going through. Uh, yeah. And it could relate to any topic, really. So 
So what's most interesting to me about this, the thing that I would love everybody to really take away, um, the thing that's kind of the, it's like the shortcut in, uh, I guess, belief change, if you will, um, is that truth itself is what needs to shift. Okay? So not an external empirical truth, not a scientific truth, but what we believe about ourselves and about the world is what has to shift. So it really should be, instead of belief, you know, changing your limiting beliefs, it should be changing truth, right? It should be, it should be altering the truth that you believe in. So truth itself has to shift. What's possible for you, what the meaning of certain things are, um, ultimately your identity itself, who you believe you are, what you believe you're capable of, the thoughts you think, all that stuff is what we're digging into. And when you actually challenge the base assumptions that you've made about the world and you mm. shift them, that's part of what a fundamental shift is, right? That's what that's yeah. the shift underneath that, like, changes everything above it because you've now and, – and, you know, I'm trying to think of, like, what's a, what's a small little example of that where it really changes everything? And the one I – you know, the one that's just common that I always use is you think your boss is mad at you and they hate you, and you go right. two weeks and you're really, really anxious, right? We've used that before. But all mm-hmm. of a sudden, notice when you change the truth of that, when you change – Oh wait, I just found out the boss said, Oh no, no, that wasn't you. I was going through really hard marital stuff that week and I was just totally shocked. All of a sudden your whole reality changes, right? Like truth changed. Yeah, right. So that one little shift underneath changes the whole meaning of everything. Oh well that explains the meaning after and oh my I had all that anxiety, I didn't need it at all. It made total sense under a different truth. It makes no sense under a new truth. So when we change these limits underneath, we challenge our own truth, we challenge our own assumptions, our own meaning. And so, you know, in, in big business, when I coach big business people, there are often what I call um, uh, assumptive platforms, okay? So, you know, if you're in a brainstorming meeting and you're trying to accomplish a big thing for Q1 in a business, everybody makes an idea and they say, you know what, social media is going to be by far our best idea here. That's an assumption. It creates a new platform. And from there, you say, how can we achieve all the social media stuff? Well, all of a sudden, you end up way down the line. Social media is not working. It's become incredibly expensive, whatever the issue might be, okay? And everybody's like, but we have to make this work. We have to make this work. We have to make this work. Well, they're living within that assumptive platform of that original decision of we have to do social media. Oftentimes, you make a ton of mistakes sitting in that assumptive platform without challenging itself, right? So that's one that's not necessarily like a belief, but in an organization, you start to make these – you know, uh, we've got to do 10 talks this year, right? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you're failing getting to the 10th talk, but it's just based on a decision that really has nothing to do with the main goal of, you know, being profitable, being happy. There might be a better decision once you get down the way, but if you can't challenge that assumption, then you're going to have then you're going to have issues. Does that make sense? It does. It does. We have to totally be on guard to challenge, you know, whatever it is we're uh, aligned with as we're, as we're going through life. I mean, mm-hmm. if you're not getting the results that you want, and, and you need to go back, back and say, well, why is that? And start challenging what it is you believe about the results you're looking for. Yeah. I, I think a great analogy you once told me was was people out there that uh, want more money. They want to be rich. And you said to someone, well, how do you how do you perceive a wealthy person? And they're like, oh, they're bastards. They they're they're just they're they're crude and they're selfish and they're just all they they're money miser. And it's like, well, okay, so that's your belief on wealthy, right? And so why would you want to be that person? And if you're someone who doesn't want to be that person, you're obviously never going to be wealthy because you don't believe it's a good thing. 
Is that exactly trust exactly. patient? What we're talking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. totally. So yeah, and there's there's examples of this all over the place, right? It's the whole game, like all over the place. It's, it's everything. It's everything, and it relates to everybody. So anybody that wants to learn about changing beliefs and, and get into this stuff, I mean, this is these are the steps. This is what it's all about. This is what your life is about. Um, this is. <laughs> Is a good song, the story of your life. Um, yeah. This is it. You're, you're yeah. creating the story of your life. Yeah, no yeah. doubt. And, and, and cool. part, of, part of what's important for us to change, um, not only ourselves, but the world, right, is changing the narrative. It's changing. I mean, this gets into propaganda. Um, you know, what we believe is true as a nation, what we believe is true in business, whether, we, whether or not we believe in, in our economy, right? All of this stuff sort of sets sure. up uh, the drama and the, and the, the happiness I mean, and the it, sadness. It's human interaction. I mean, we're, we're, we interact with humans every single day with each other, and if we have that alignment with our own truth, or we believe something that's just limiting, um, we can't. We couldn't possibly think about communicating properly with each other. Um, there's just so much to this. It's so huge, so big, and I love talking about it. For people who are listening to this, Rob, I mean, what's what's something they could do today just to kind of you know take a snapshot of what what exactly is driving their their narrative and, and their thoughts. Yeah, so let's let's get let's get uh, you know specific about how to do it now. Um, you know, uh, there's plenty of people that teach stuff on on how to challenge this. I want to sort of systematize it. Uh, one of my favorites is Byron Katie's. Uh, her her process is called the work, right? And it's a very simple four question process that does exactly what this step is. So step two is challenge truth, right? Or challenge your belief about what's going on. Well, mm-hmm. Byron Katie. Uh, does this with thoughts, and she takes you through four questions and then something called the turnaround. And I'm just going to list that for people. They can certainly do this, okay? Um, but I also want to explain why it works, like what, what's what's really going on here. So Byron Katie's first question is, is it true, right? You might, you might do this thing like, um, you know, my husband is, uh, you know, he hates me or he doesn't love me anymore or whatever, right? And that's a, kind of an obvious one. It's, it's, is it true? And you might say, yeah, 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 I have examples, years of examples. It's been years since we've had connection and love. He, he actually, in fact, he said to me before, he hates me, you know, et cetera, right? And so Byron Katie has you challenge that and say, is it true, all right? Now, if you can very quickly go, you know what, no, it's not true. He just feels that way sometime or he has bad times or we're not aligned or whatever, you can skip to question three. But let's say that you really go, you know what, yeah, it is true. He really, he really still hates me. If you're a woman and you, you just feel totally unloved. The next one is, can you absolutely know that it's true? Okay. So what are we doing in these two, first two questions? We're challenging our assumptive platform. Because if I think somebody hates me, I'm now living in that space, right? Or if I think I'm not capable of making enough money, or if I think my business can't possibly succeed, or whatever those things are, is it true? And, and really back up because our first instinct is to defend it because it's actually our assumptive platform. So, of course, it's true. We'd be crazy if it wasn't true. But wait a second. Maybe we are a little bit crazy. And so these two questions is, are, can you absolutely know that that's true? And what you're really trying to do there is find an example, find a time where, you know what, it's not 100% true. Maybe it doesn't have to be true in the future. Whatever that limit is, it, it, it might have examples of truth in the past, but it doesn't mean it's true going forward. Okay? So... The next thing, question three and question four, are this. How do you react or what happens when you believe that that thought is true? Okay? So if I believe that my husband hates me, how do I react? What happens? If I, if I attach, so look at that. It's saying, attach to that truth, and what's at stake? What's it costing you 
to think that way. If I believe, you know, what's it cost me to think that my business can't grow? What does it cost me to think that I'm not good at meeting women or loving my spouse or being a parent? What does that cost me? So you really get in touch with that. And then her fourth question, which is really, really powerful, is who would you be without that thought? Okay? Who would you be without that thought? So now you're seeing, you're actually setting up the split of here's how bad it is when I hold on to that thing, right? We challenge the truth of it. All of this is backing up away from the internalized truth of the thought or the belief. And it's saying, is it true? Are you sure it's true? Well, when you make it true, when you hold on to it, what does that do to you? What's that road look like? Mm-hmm. And when you, uh, if you were to drop it, what would that road look like? And so this process of, um, you know, being inquisitive about it, which any coach should know how to do, by the way, right? If you're dealing with a client, you should be able to know how to take them through this process, okay? Something, something like this, where you're challenging the truth of their limits, right? You're challenging the truth of their thinking so that we can get out of all these assumptive platforms and back closer to a life where we're picking a really empowering uh, future for ourselves. okay? So is it true? Can you absolutely know that it's true? How do you react when you believe that thought or that yep. you know idea? How who would you be without the thought? And then we're going to talk about the turnaround in one second. But I, I'm going to give you a moment. Does that make That's sense awesome. so far? Yeah, it totally does. I mean, so literally, you can take you know whatever's going on. Like, how could I possibly be happy with what I have? And then so you sit, you ask yourself, well, is that a true? Is that or true? Or say, say like I can't be happy with what I have, right? I'm not happy with I what can't, I have. I can't be happy with what I have. Okay, that's good. So I can't be happy with what I have. It has to be a statement of fact that you're saying that you believe is true. And then you question, is that really true? Is that really can you, have you never been happy when, you know, you, you right now in your existence, are you really happy? Um, and then so well, how do you react when you when you accept that is true? And then what would happen if you dropped that? And what kind of person would you be if you didn't believe that you can't be happy with what yeah. you have? That's, yeah. that's cool. That's a really good exercise. And you can apply that to everything, right? I mean, yeah. just start, start applying it to yourself and start working that out and seeing if you can't see a different person coming out of that. And you and I have talked about better versions of yourself. I mean, that's a great exercise to, to utilize to see if there is a better version out there. And I bet you some people will find that there definitely is. I'll bet you everyone finds that there's a little bit better version of everyone out there. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, Byron cool. Katie, again, awesome. yeah, her stuff is called The Work. I'm sure, you know, you can go to her website and download this process. You can buy her book. She's, she's phenomenal. Um, her, her next part is called The Turnaround. And what, what that asks mm-hmm. you to do as an exercise mm-hmm. is to say, you know, my husband doesn't love me. Okay, you start to play with the parts of that to turn it around into other meanings and see how they're true. So that might become, I don't love my husband. Investigate that. Uh, It might become, uh, my husband really loves me. It might become, I really love my husband. You know, we love each other. We love the world. Like, whatever. You can start to mess with and turn that around, okay, so that you're exploring and this gets into shadow stuff, and this gets into how we project our stuff onto others. When you turn it around, you start to be able to see yeah. it from the other side, and you start to say, um, I don't love my husband, let's say, right? And and if you really look at that, you start to go, you know what? I haven't been loving at all in my relationship. I haven't been, I haven't been who I want to be in a relationship, and so how could he possibly love me? And all of a sudden, you just start to do that. So it's those four questions in the turnaround for Byron Katie – um, awesome. Yeah, in the in the interest of, of being as brief as possible here, 
which I haven't been thus far. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What you long-winded? Yeah. No. Sorry, sorry <laughs> about that. Yeah. Um, so hey, listen, it's good stuff. It's really, it's really important to listen to what you're saying, man. It's always educational and it's always inspiring just to kind of go through these thoughts processes. So don't awesome. take as much time as you want. I'm sure everyone enjoys it. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, man. So, um, you know, the, the shortcut here is moving hard, fast truths for you, right? The first big epiphany of this talk is beliefs actually feel like truths to us. So we got to get good at moving these truths down to what I call choices, okay? And this is like a way to move the empowerment back into you. So all of a sudden you start to see like, I don't, wait, if I hold this thing, there's a big cost. This is what speaks to our subconscious. Our subconscious starts to see, oh wait, holding on to this truth while it's helped me survive. And we've talked about that in the past, right? While it's helping me survive and that's important to me, it's also got this cost. What if I put it down and we start to have a vision of being able to survive in this much better way. And that alone starts to talk to our subconscious to make the change. So this level of awareness, this deeper level of awareness, okay, I see the limit, that's level awareness number one. Now yeah. I'm challenging it, now I'm really digging into it. Um, this is what we need to do. What we don't have time for in this call is how to kind of implant you know, new stuff, right? What I wanna, uh, go ahead, I'm sorry. The third step that we talked that you talked about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. the implanting. After you know you've challenged your belief, now you want to implant something that's different. Yep. And start running with that truth. Yeah. Okay. That'd be a and, great talk for us to do. Well, we can go deeper on that, but I mean, I'll, I'll get into some of it. A lot of it is this narrative. It's the use of metaphor, and that's why hypnosis and NLP and those kinds of things are sort of shortcuts to go in and rewire how you think about the world and how you. Uh, how you make meaning, how you can make you, your meaning, you, okay? Can you define NLP so if anybody listening to it is like, what, what is NLP? What are we talking about now? Sure. Uh, that, by the way, would be a phenomenal other talk, right, uh, just to go deep on what NLP is. Um, so uh, neuro-linguistic programming is what that stands for, and the fastest story that I could tell about that is that, uh, you know, not that long ago, you know, uh, a few score, a few tens of years ago, right, 30 years ago or so, let's say, um, they started to find that certain psychologists were really, really effective at, like, removing phobias, um, you know, doing all this different stuff, right? If you if you look at any uh, kind of sales organization or something, oftentimes there'll be these rock stars. There'll be these like couple of rock stars, and they don't they don't necessarily talk amongst themselves, but there's some reason that they're so much better at what they do than everybody else. And if you study them, if you model those people, you can learn like what are they doing, and very often you find they have commonalities in why they're getting their success. Well, psychology is the same way. All these people were going in. And there were these certain psychologists. Some had to do with hypnosis. Some were doing things, uh, you know, in, in other ways. And all of a sudden, there was these suite of tools that were like these shortcuts to getting really, really different results out of patients. A lot of people would go in and sit in therapy for years and years and years and have no improvement or, you know, small improvements or whatever. And some people would go in and, like, break phobias immediately or, you know, really change their life really, really fast. So uh, uh, Bandler and others sort of went in to study what this is and come up with a suite of tools that are ultimately neurolinguistic programming. Um, you know, Tony Robbins uses certain things of this, and he's renamed it himself because there was all kinds of drama about uh, the creators of it and him using their stuff and all that. So there's there's a lot of, like, drama behind it, but more and more and more psychology is starting to realize and honor this not as some fringe weird thing but as a really usable tool for um, – 
creating change, learning how to model people, learning how to, um, you know, basically mirror them and get a certain result, um, mm-hmm. change okay. how you live your life. Awesome. Yeah. Does that make sense? Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it does. That's awesome. Thank awesome. you. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate so, um, so I guess, you know, in my clients, when I work with people, right, swapping the new belief in, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, if I can find that the limit is I don't deserve it, all of a sudden we change the meaning of deserving. We change his access to what he deserves, okay? And all of a sudden, uh, business can explode. Relationships can flourish. Um, or you can get out of bad relationships because you know that you're doing, you're doing a thing there and you really need to look for something more healthy, right? Um, something you might be able to speak to, actually, there. Um, yes. The, the other one is uh, fame, right? Having that mismatched fame. Finding that and then recoding hey, I'm already famous, I already have reach, fame is okay, and fame can have merit in it. And in fact, most people that are famous actually deserve the fame in some way because they really do stand out. And really, of course, there's examples that that's not true, but there's plenty, plenty, plenty of examples of other ones. If you change that meaning of what fame means, all of a sudden fame is more accessible and it's just the opportunities start coming in, you open to it, your reticular activation center in your brain changes, you start to listen for things and that starts to line up. The big one here also is, right, deserving. The other one is fraud, right? I'm mm-hmm. a fraud. Right. So many coaches I work with that are trying to do this stuff, they're coaching on things, but their whole life isn't all together yet, and so they feel like a fraud. And if you don't rewire that, right, you're, you're going to feel inauthentic, you're going to self-sabotage, you're going to limit yourself because you're going to say, I don't really deserve uh, to be this coach or this leader or this consultant, whatever. Um, Not to take you down another rabbit hole, but when you know when someone's feeling that way, that's is that also how they would project that to people? Suddenly, you know, if they're feeling inside that they're a fraud, they're going to start projecting it eventually to people like, you know, hey, I, I'm not really good at this. I'm not really the person you should be talking to. And well, I mean, not, is that where projection comes from too? I don't want to go down the rabbit hole because I know you're 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 starting to move and squirm a little bit. You're ready to go. <laughs> I'm, I'm like scratching. <laughs> I'm yeah, starting to, uh, here I'm we starting go. to stretch. Big talk like, coming in. Uh, let's get into this. All right. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe another talk for yeah. projection or something like that. Yeah, so it's not it's not exactly that because that, that would be not yeah. projecting it. That would be actually in touch with it and being honest and authentic. Our projections are when we have shadow stuff, and there's an emotion there that's not acceptable to us, and mm. so we feel as though it's coming from the outside world. So you will actually be in an argument with somebody saying, why are you so angry? And I'm actually the angry one, but I'm going, you're so angry. And the person's looking at you like, I'm not angry. I mean, I'm going to get angry. And, and so these shadow things, <laughs> these projections can end up being true because we almost make them true, right? Because we're insisting that they're happening. And so gotcha. the universe kind of comes okay. back and does that. As far as the fraudulent stuff, what happens there is it's much more, it's not like, I mean, they may say, I don't deserve this or whatever. They might even be in touch with it, right? But um, it limits their possibility to actually shine and be who they really can be because they have this, I'm a fraud, I'm a fake. And if you feel like you're a fake, as soon as you start to get enough light on you, as soon as you start to have enough uh, marketing that's working or you really go do that talk, all of a sudden not only are you anxious, but you really don't want to sell it, you don't write the sales page, you don't, you don't do the things that you actually need to do if you felt fully aligned and fully um, you know, set up in your in your sort of belief structure about what you're capable of and, and who you can be in the world. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, awesome. awesome. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Cool. Um, so, so I mean, there's a lot of people listening right now, and 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 I we've gotten some amazing feedback on these talks, and people are starting to really, you know, figure out that you you know what you're doing. You know, obviously we plug someone else today, but um, you know, when people are listening to this stuff and they and they connect to it, and some people might try the exercises we're, we're talking about today, and they realize that there's some real truth to that, and there's there's some some power in the stuff that we're talking about all the time. What um, what can someone do to maybe you know talk to you more or get involved with some of the things that we do uh, at robscott.com? Yeah, so uh, there's a bunch of different ways to work with me. Uh, new stuff coming out all the time, whether that's group stuff or working with me individually. That's a you know less and less available, but I I do have uh, at times you know it depends on when people are watching this. Uh, I love to work individually with people. It's something I'm not going to give up doing anytime soon. Um, but uh, I the the thing that's really the that everybody should probably check out if you think this is going on at all, um, you should check out my program called The Core. This is where we go yes. in and we and we rewire the core and <clears throat> find all of your custom stuff. There's incredible hypnotic audios in it. There's visualization practices. Um, there's, you know, like uh, there's exercises to learn so that you do this repatterning. It's the whole nine. And it's it's so much better then, you know, if you're even thinking of coaching at all or you think you have any of these limit stuff, this would be absolutely the place to start. And uh, we're just now redoing uh, more of it. It's constantly going to be evolving. It's one of those things that I'm committed um, I'm committed to, to making that thing so good that it's going to constantly evolve. It's going to constantly have additions. There's going to constantly be more. And anybody who buys it, you have it, right? So it's it's all those additions come to you uh, as as we add to it, as bonuses get put in there and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, if anybody wants more information, maybe we could just put a link uh, underneath in the blog so that people can uh, sign up, let me know. Yeah, they can just sign up, sign up right below. If you're interested yeah. in it, just sign up right below and uh, get on board with it because, I mean, this, this this these talks are awesome, man. I always enjoy them, and there's so much... It, it, you know, you and I spend a lot of time together, but I learn things from every time you do a talk. Something new popped into my head, that, and obviously I have free access to you. So, uh, if, if you enjoy our talks, folks, get on board, get in with Rob, connect with him. Um, it's amazing stuff, and you can be an amazing person and change your life and get that new version of yourself going today. Yeah, it's a, and, and that's what we're talking about: is massive shift by changing these yeah. little things inside. Yeah. Um, so, why don't we wrap it up there, dude? Jeff, you are you are amazing, brother, man. This time. I'll Always. talk to you really soon, all right? All right, boss. All right, later.